Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth, don't. <laughs> this is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty pitch, and organizer, rock and roll, PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, Nick Mora. Season three, baby. We're back. We are back. And we missed you. We did miss you guys. And um, I'm kind of excited about season three, Dana. I can't wait to share all of the cool, fun stuff that's been going on behind the scenes while we've been on hiatus with our listeners and our followers. And uh, why don't you tell them about some of the cool new stuff that we've got going on? Well, yeah, we're going to have like we're hitting the streets and we're asking uh, some left unsupervised questions. Also, we're bringing a little bit more of a comedic you know, uh, here and there we're going to be releasing sketches, which will be a lot of fun. Also, like, we didn't forget about you guys. Like, not only are we bringing you new comedy content, we are also bringing you guys some contests. And we want to know what your left unsupervised moments are of the week. Yeah, and any questions or, or anything you want to hear more of, we're so open. And we really want to open it up to you guys this season. I have learned so much season one and two, and I feel so lucky to have all these really cool guests, and they just keep coming. So I'm really excited for all the new guests that are coming. We've had some phenomenal guests in the past seasons, and and this season's not going to be any different. Yeah, we've been working really hard to get you guys the kind of bite-sized, snackable snackable episodes for your commute or your carpool lane or when you're having a car sit in a Target parking lot, which is something that I do a lot. So if anybody else is out there and is like me and just needs to sit in your car for 30 minutes to decompress after a long day, we got you and we're working hard to bring you that content. I have a little carpool confessions that I'll be putting out because <laughs> sometimes it's just scary to be behind that wheel in carpool <laughs> yeah if anybody is listening to this episode in the carpool lane send us your carpool video yes yeah, confession us your, tag us in it we would love to see it yeah absolutely so with all that being said we are so excited we can't wait to bring you all of this new content new yeah. comedy but we've been gone for a little bit elizabeth you've been left unsupervised for longer than we usually leave you unsupervised, what have you been getting yourself into while we've been gone? Well, you know, a lot. Some I can share and some I, I'll share if I have a couple of drinks. But <laughs> but um, I had a left unsupervised moment this week doing some bad stuff to lift driver in my head. Because, girl, I am not a morning person. And anybody that knows me, like my husband knows that I wake up in the morning, don't talk to me until I've had at least one cup of coffee. Right. So don't come with me with what needs to happen that day until I've had my first cup of coffee. So I call Lyft driver because I have to meet Mike and it's 630 in the morning and the Lyft driver would not shut up like the whole ride at six in the morning. And I've only had one cup of coffee. (laughs) That's not an I know, Elizabeth, that's not enough cups of coffee. For a talker. He told me about how he just wanted to meet a producer and he could give him his ideas. (laughs) And how he was trying to pick up girls at the market 
and the girls out here are really weird. And he really wanted to just talk to them in an unusual way and then give them the look. He shows me the look. It was so fucking creepy. And I go to him, well, don't ever do that look again. (laughs) Oh, no. It just... It's creepy. And it was just like, I don't know if you've ever had those moments where somebody's talking to you and in your mind, like I was gagging him and <laughs> doing a lot of evil things to him. Oh, yeah. Because he wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I think we've all fantasized when you're in like a lift and it's just not going great. You know, at 630 in the morning, like rude would be okay but it's like social awareness i find like social awareness is lacking in just people in general you know for sure yeah and i i am like crazy magnet if the craziest person on the plane is going to sit next to me it just happens that way (laughs) every single time you're a full hashtag crazy (laughs) magnet if we have any other people out there that listen that are crazy magnets send us your stories because Elizabeth is such a crazy magnet. The stories that you have. Yeah, I mean, from a woman digging her nails into my arm on a plane because she hated when the plane landed and she started screaming. And I was just dating Mike at the time. And we were going to Vegas and I'm like, oh, if there's a crazy person on the plane, they're going to sit with me. And so we get on the plane, Mike's sitting in front of me. And I have this old woman that's 80 years old holding on to her cooch. And she was like, drunk and she was like yeah he wants this but he ain't gonna get it and she keeps pointing to her vajayjay and I was like sitting there Mike's like cracking up well because you did it the fact that you were on the plane (laughs) that that sounds like your fault it was my fault (laughs) if you didn't want to go to Vegas if you weren't in Vegas There'd be no crazy people in Vegas. Yeah. I didn't want to think about this lady's 80-year-old cooch and the guy that just wasn't even looking at her. Then the plane lands, and she screams at the top of her lungs and digs her nails into my arm. And she's like, I hate this part. Like it's a roller coaster drop? It's a very gradual descent. And Mike had tears rolling down his face. And he's so lucky that we had just started dating because I was so pissed and I was just trying to keep it all in, <laughs> you know, but the Latin. Get You're Cuban. a boiling pot. You will boil, boil, boil until you're full Ricky Ricardo. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll it'll start gradually, you know, like, what do you mean, you know? And as I get, you know, I get a little bit of an accent and I'm like excuse me, are you talking to me? Because, you know, and then before you know it, I'm full blown out speaking Spanish at the top of my lungs. Yeah, you don't even know where the cup of like Cafe Bustelo came from. <laughs> You've got a, a cigar. cigar in one hand. Aiden's like, he knows. I'm like, don't make me get Cuban on your ass, Aiden. I've asked you three times. And he's like, why do you got to get Cuban, mama? <laughs> that's so, that's so funny. Does Aiden have kind of like a Cuban side too? Or like, yes. Yeah. But, but he doesn't speak Spanish, you know. Oh, so he can't go he, he can't Mandarin. Out. <laughs> he speaks Mandarin. I'm not kidding. <laughs> he's taking Chinese. And so but he but he's got that Cuban, that Latin temper. Like he will take, 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 and then one one day he just like he gets that crazy eye like I do. Is like 
starts to go inward, you know? That's so funny. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, it's in him. It's, like, a cultural, like, thing that, like, lives inside of him, but he doesn't have the outlet of bursting into Spanish. No, it feels so good to curse somebody out in Spanish. There's nothing like it. Like, really. Like, I just, like, when I'm really pissed, the Spanish just comes out. What about you, Dana? You've been on hiatus. What has been your left unsupervised moment? Like, I'm sure you've had a lot of them. Well, I think the biggest difference between, like, maybe you and I is that I'm desperately seeking some supervision I just (laughs) want somebody to watch me a little bit I'm so overwhelmed I uh give you some guidelines some guidelines (laughs) honestly like I wish that somebody would take my own money I'm happy to go to work but just like give me an allowance so basically uh over the the course of the hiatus my living situation changed and I am trying so hard to kind of like ease into my my 30s I'm in my late 20s right now I'm trying to make this transition from like not having any of my shit together to having like a comparable amount of my shit together <laughs> like an, an age appropriate amount of shit together oh my god um sounds like a lot of pressure it's <laughs> all i want don't cry dana just somebody just somebody help i just want some help it's so it's so hard and it's so overwhelming so i was left unsupervised uh at an ikea this week on a saturday night oh my god i was so so stoked to go and i needed a kitchen table and i was so ready and i was gonna go get a plant i was gonna get a plant and a kitchen table and if you want to see a woman just lose her shit hire a private investigator to follow me around in ikea when i'm by myself because i could not I'm sweating right now. I'm claustrophobic. So if I can't find my fucking way out of something, unless there's arrows, I start to panic. Yeah, way out. Way out. (laughs) There's no way out. It was me and a bunch of couples that were fighting. Also, I didn't know. I had a bag and it was just filled with fucking things I didn't need. I had a bag full full of spatulas and and light bulbs. How many candles did you get? (laughs) I didn't even get a candle. The way that they have the layout of that place is labyrinth style. Like David Bowie's going to pop out any moment and like (laughs) give you an orb riddle to like let you get out. It was chaos in there. I'm still upset. I'm still upset about it. But I did what it. What did and, you buy? Okay, I bought. <laughs> did you find your dining room table? I did. I did. I did. I did. Was it worth it? Then? It was. Uh, it was absolutely not because I. Um, you had I to wanted, build it. <laughs> don't even. Get, I. I have a friend who's from Sweden, and I texted her that I was mad at her because I was having such a hard time putting the table together. But the amount of men that watched me struggle <laughs> with this giant table was like I felt like I was getting punished for every like radical feminist that has like come before me and like look I'm all for it but like falling down with this thing dropping stuff I dropped a plant one older not woke man and his wife Cheryl found me in the parking lot and help me get a table into my 2008 Ford Focus. Cheryl and Bob. Honestly, I'm I'm like fully I'm like I'm like staring at it like it's on the ground, it's fallen. I all oh I want is a God. parent right now Dana, and you're killing me right now. It was so it was so hard. Uh but then he was like, "Do you need some help?" And I was like, "Fucking finally." <laughs> I'm like covered in scratches. What <laughs> my bleeding fingers. Yeah, the fact that I'm like bleeding and that my ponytail went from like a normal ponytail to like a Hell in a Bottom Carter bun. I 
fully lost my mind just trying to get this table in my cart. So that was my left unsupervised moment. Hey, determination. Determination. And you know what? Don't leave me alone like that again, Elizabeth. <laughs> I'll go to Ikea. We can both have meltdowns in the middle. I'll be screaming in, in Spanish and <laughs> and you'll be bleeding in the corner in a fetal position. You know what? That sounds a lot better than being by myself. I don't like I don't want any unsupervised. I want to be unsupervised with company. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Well, I our, think everybody has an IKEA story. I think so too. But our guest today I feel like is kind of like somebody like I look at and I'm like, "Oh, that's goals. That's somebody who's like on their shit, does things in like a way that like is efficient. She's an influencer, so like I feel like we'll, we'll get into like some cool stuff with her about like a little bit like behind the scenes of yeah. how that, that goes down." Yeah, I want to pick her brain too because, you know, she's blowing up right now and, you know, she's had her blog for a while. So it'll be interesting to see how that's grown. And what opportunities have come her way. And if it's been an uphill climb. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. You know. She's not only, you know, a TV host and blogger. She's an influencer. So it's it's really cool to hear you guys talk and get like a little peek behind the curtain of what really goes on. Right. Well, let's go get her. Today's guest is a definition of boss babe. It is TV personality and lifestyle blogger Nick Mora. Beyond the Interview magazine named her one of the people in media to watch in 2018. She is making waves on Bravo, Freeform, and Yahoo Style, to name just a few, and has no signs of slowing down anytime soon. I cannot wait to talk to her and to talk about her self-made success and her amazing blog, Give Me Mora, because I want more of Mora. Anyway, thank you for coming in, Nick. I am so excited to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. I am so excited to have you today and um, talk a little bit about your blog and talk a little bit about everything that's been going on because I know right now you are on fire, girl. I am on fire. It's kind of crazy. Sometimes you have like a lull where she's like six months of just like not working. And I mean, you know, you're in the business yourself too. So for a while I was like, oh my God, should I just give this up? And then, you know, sometimes when you're ready for things it happens and give me more is doing really well thank god and I'm really starting to navigate towards being a little bit more of inspiration versus just like celebrity news and celebrity stuff you can get that anywhere quite frankly right you don't really need me to tell you the news I'm only going to tell you anything that you might not get otherwise like anywhere else Um, and I just started a company with some friends called Kif I have equity in the company, and it's an entertainment news show, but much more opinion-based and for Instagram, so you can check that out at Kif TV with two Fs. Oh, my God. That's kind of what I'm working on right now, and I just booked a segment on Loveline about entertainment news. Girl, you are everywhere. Everywhere I've seen you. You're everywhere. You <laughs> yeah, know? it's crazy. Um, so you're, you are, are you a native Californian or where are you from? LA born and bred, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> and you graduated from USC. I did. I didn't leave home. I'm a true, true LA girl. It's really funny because everyone's always like, well, no one's from LA in this industry. And I'm like, e, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Well, my husband's from LA, which I, is, but you guys are, are, um, a rare we're, commodity yeah, we're out a here. Rare commodity, but you know what? I don't think I would want it any other way. Like I can't imagine having lived anywhere else. Well, I've lived in many places, and I got to tell you, California is by far my favorite. Is it, it? Oh my god, I've lived in a lot of places. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I want to get into it because um, 
You have a lifestyle blog, and um, do people uh, kind of expect you to be how you are on blog? Like, do they expect you to have like opinions when you when you go out all the time? You know, because your blog, you're giving your you your know, opinion your and p- everything, and your and your spunk and all that. Yeah, I think. People are really, really surprised to find out how chill I am. And I think, like, look, there's a big side of me that's very, like, oh, my God, yeah, oh, my God. And then there's also a very cool, calm, and collected side. I I really am an extroverted introvert, and I think that's the biggest misconception about me of all time is that – when I'm out or I'm being social, that takes a lot out of me, whether I'm just being social for personal purposes or I'm being social for work. And it really drains me and nobody understands how much like I need that like alone time to just like recoup. Right. So when I do go out with people and I just am chill and not really like bouncing off the walls, which I think is what people expect from me, they're very surprised. And that's the real me. You know, I am energetic I am bubbly I'm always making jokes I'm always laughing but there's also a huge side of me where like I need my alone time I want to not talk I want to just be in myself I want to take a bath go for a workout class and honestly I don't think anyone enjoys their alone time the way that I enjoy my alone time well also your business is talking all the time so there is that point where you're like I can't talk I need to put back into myself right in order to talk what what things make you laugh because I I love to laugh and like stupid comedy makes me laugh. Like that's yeah. my favorite sound in the world is laughter. <laughs> yeah. So I know you love to laugh. What are some things that make you laugh? Honestly, good witty banter makes me laugh <laughs> yeah. or like just people being unapologetically themselves. Like when you hear like a savage comment from your very innocent friend and you're like, oh, my God, like I did not expect that from you. Like I'm obsessed. That's the yeah. stuff or like just like, you know, I think people who just bring joy makes me laugh and make me smile and I'm always playing around I don't think anything's really ever that serious right um and I'm always you know I'm really sassy like I will spit it to you but when I spit it to you I really want you to spit it back like it's me like poking the bear like come on please please playing tennis can we I I just served it really well like you're gonna let me win now please hit it back hit it back exactly like I just I love it I love making dumb jokes I love doing dumb things I I love to laugh. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I love to laugh too. It is the best medicine. It is. And plus you can't take yourself too serious. No, but you say. can't take yourself seriously. Life is hard enough. Like yeah. I find life to be really stressful as it is. So if I can find the funny in things and after going through like a really dark time in my life where like I was just so stressed and in such a mentally like not a great place when you're in your 20s, you know, the quarter life crisis seeps in and you're trying to figure your way out. It's that time where you really need to dig in and find the funny in in your life and in this situation. And how did you get yourself out of that dark place? A lot of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Uh, yeah, therapy, self-care, finding the funny, being around people who can help you find the funny and and, you know, be your pillar of strength through that time. And. I went on vacation for three weeks with my cousins to Europe on a last-minute trip, and we laughed so much that trip, unapologetically, like, sat in cafes in France and drank and and really just enjoyed each other and laughed. And I I think it cured me, to be honest with you. Well, I'm out of my funk. Well, hello, going to France. Just alone would get anybody out of their funk, right? Well, you know, I always say that. um, Yeah, right? True. Uh, I always say that... um, 
It's a different kind of person, right? Entrepreneurs, which I consider you an entrepreneur. You're Thank a self-starter, you. a motivator, right? And yeah. so we call it motivator. Motivator. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Well, as a motivator, right? Um, it's so hard to stay motivated yourself yeah, all the time, is. right? And so even you said as as performers, you have dry spells. And so how do you, because when you're an entrepreneur, basically you run the show. You have to have discipline. I always say entrepreneurs are more disciplined than anybody I know because they have a free schedule. And what they do with their time is whether it's going to be beneficial to them or not. So how do you say, like when you're in those funks, because we all have them, Yeah. how do you say like, self-motivated because it's all about putting yourself out there in the business that you're in. It is. It's totally about putting yourself out there in this business. However, I have been working with an empowerment coach over the last few months. Her name is Sophie Nick. She is by far the best thing that's ever happened to my life, in especially in this time in my life where everything's kind of changing. Right. And she's really helped me tap into, look, Nick, if you're not feeling called to write a blog post, then don't fucking write a blog post. I can say that word on this, right? Oh, yeah, please. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> please do. I'm really trying to be a little bit more ladylike and not throw the F-bomb uh, every is, other word. But... This is the wrong place to try that out. <laughs> <laughs> Just but, go for it. I mean, I, I love the F-word. It's the worst thing about me right now. But... And cocksucker. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love you. So she's been telling me, you know, if you're not – called to write the blog post and don't write the blog post if you don't feel called and motivated to do something and you just you really just that day want to stay in bed it's okay to do that and thank god i have a job that allows me to do that right but because being a creative is exhausting and i don't think anybody really realizes how much brain energy it takes for me to write a blog post making sure that i'm going to connect to you making sure that that there's like a plan of action for the release of that blog post and taking meetings and making phone calls and making pitches and coming up with creative ideas that might not ever go anywhere with a brand that you're trying to pitch right so i've really learned that it's okay to not do anything. And I come from a very big background of I, my hands need to be banging that keyboard for 12 hours a day and I need to be yeah. doing this and I need to be hustling and I'm not doing enough. No, there is a time and place for that. And really knowing when you're motivated to do those things. For me, I know the mornings are the best time for me to work out. You're a morning and work. person. Oh my God, yes. I am a, I'm in bed by 10 o'clock. I 10 p.m., I'm ready to go to bed. I'm so into that. I sleep by 11 usually. I need eight hours to fully function. I can't function on, like, a lot of lack of sleep. And when I'm not feeling the motivation to write, pitch, whatever, if I don't have to, I'm not going to do it. Right. You're giving yourself permission to not do. Exactly. And we, I think. Sometimes that's all you need. And then you're like, wait a minute. I really do have something to say. Exactly. And it's let me really become a lot more creative. And right. I take a lot more baths. And I, I'm I'm really just a, really into self-care right now. So if it's not making me feel good, and I hate to say this because everyone's using the Marie Kondo method, but if it's not going to bring me joy or spark creativity in me right now, I'm not going to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I come from immigrant parents who – they hit the ground running and they hustle, they hustle, and they work so hard. And I love that about them. And I have my work ethic. But the, if I can take that time for myself to just veg out and if I need that and I know that I need that, I'm done feeling sorry for that. 
Well, yeah. And also, I think culturally, my parents are immigrants, too. They had to work nonstop in order to prove themselves, in order to get opportunities that, you know, otherwise they wouldn't. So I think that that's instilled on the next generation. And there's something to be said to sometimes it's okay to do nothing. It's absolutely okay to do nothing. And it's okay to take a break. And it's as long as that's not all you're doing. I also realized the purpose of working smarter, not harder. Right. And I was working harder, not smarter for so long of my life that I sacrificed so many other things in my life. And I realized I was missing out on the greatest joys of life and all the other opportunities. And I didn't take vacations because I thought that it would put me behind. And I didn't do this because I thought that my career would suffer. And it's not always about your career. If you're not good with yourself and in your life and in your personal life, your career is not going to thrive. Well, and also you're stifling yourself because you're like a a little bit uh, so narrow-minded about what needs to be done that sometimes something else can come, and if you don't remain open, you don't you don't see it exactly. And you're you're really only hurting yourself, I think, in the process. You know, you're not open to other opportunities, and you're you're really cutting yourself off from great things happening to you. And I realize, like, an organized day-to-day life is an organized business. Everything kind of seeps into each other and makes you like a whole piece of the pie. So, Well, what advice would you give to people that want to blog and feel like they can't get started or it seems overwhelming to Don't them? Don't fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Either I'm you sorry. love it or you don't do it. No, I mean, everyone's like, what, do you, what advice do you have for bloggers? And I'm like, don't do it. Because it's hard and you're in a time and place where you have to be vulnerable. You have to share pieces of yourself. You have to talk about your life. It's not enough these days to be a blogger posting pictures on your Instagram account. And Well, I'm- even Instagram is changing. I just read this article now that they don't want the perfect over-filtered, over-produced. They want more real. I've been saying this for a year and a half that this is where Instagram was going to go. Um, and sure, I love my filtered professional photos we but all i love it i mean i love it <laughs> i'm I like hate. hide that shit <laughs> exactly and i hate you know i just posted a insta story right now no makeup no filter and in this lighting and that's something that i never would have done before but i know like you get to a place in your life where you're like i don't fucking care like, right i i don't care anymore what you have to say i'm so good with myself but when you're a blogger you really have to have that confidence because the internet will tear you to shreds. So if you are on the fence about being a blogger, really take your time and see if this is something that you want to do because you're not going to make money for the first three, two to three years unless you're famous already or you have a really big Instagram following. But even then, your Instagram followers don't convert to blog readers. So right. I really just always advise people like when I speak to them, I'm like, do you really want to be a blogger or do you want to be a blogger for the free stuff? Do you want to be a blogger because it's cool to be a blogger? Like, it's not cool to be a blogger. It's hard. It's not. I For me, I could never be a blogger. I'm, I'm dyslexic. So. <laughs> well, there Girl. we go. <laughs> There's some honesty right there. If I have to sit down and write my thoughts, you know, I'm yeah. like, I, I always think in, in – 
this is really crazy, but I think in sketches, like, oh, my, I thought my, you were going to say, I think in sound bites. No, I was like, that's accurate also. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. But to have to sit down and write my thoughts, right. just like, I have a complete respect for somebody that can sit down and do that. When do you feel for you? Because you've been doing this now for how many years? Five years. years. Five and a half years now. Five and a half years. Yeah. So I'm sure like the first few years or a couple of years probably felt like you were swimming upstream. When did that change? When did all of a sudden things start like, like, ooh, okay, this opportunity. I know you're working with IGTV now, right? I mean, I'm trying to get more into IG, but I, I mean... But it's you're the constantly, future, but I'm doing constantly stuff. creating content, right? And right. constantly being, you know, asked to host or yeah, or absolutely. do an entertainment segment. So when did that start changing for you? So I think my whole career has just kind of been a roller coaster of ups and downs. I don't think it's ever been like, oh, I'm on my way up because anytime I felt like I was on my way up and I was like swimming up the hill right. and like finally like coasting, something, something. came in and like threw, it, <laughs> threw me for loopholes. And the that joke was, was so really fun. on me. Like, as soon as I was like, yeah, I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. They're like, nope, try again. That's a hard no. That's a hard fucking no. You can start over. So... Oh my I mean, God. out of college, I was booked on a job called on Access TV, the channel, not the station. Right. Uh, not the show. And the Mark Cuban channel. And so out of college, I wasn't ready for that kind of opportunity to be on national TV. And I was doing Grammys and the Fantasia music video and the Cyrus family and like all this stuff, all this cool stuff at 22 years old or 21 years old. And I was not ready. So did you appreciate the opportunities that were coming to you at that age? I felt like it was owed to me like at that point because I was like, well, I worked really hard and I gave up all my college fun times to be doing this. And I like I interned with so many people for free and did so many things for free and helped launch so many businesses and so many companies as a as a college student. I had three internships. People don't know this about me. I had three internships while taking a full course load plus an extra class at wow. USC. That's crazy. Didn't have a life, was always sick, was gaining weight, like just was hitting the ground and the pavement so hard that by the time I like finished college, I was like, oh out. my God, I was burnt out. And then I went straight into work. Like literally I graduated, finished college, finished my last course. And that week I was offered a job at Access. So I was like, are you like, this is amazing. This is all I could ask for. But I didn't have a minute to process. And I was like, well, this is just how it's kind of supposed to be, right? Because right. you, you work your whole, you work for five years while you're in college or four years while you're in college. And then boom, you know? And I was like, okay, great. And then as soon as access went from music based to comedian based, I was out of a job. So it was very short lived, but I was still given other opportunities. I went and I executive produced a film and I did all this cool stuff. And then all of a sudden, a couple months after the film that I did, that was a disaster, by the way, uh, was (laughs) over. (laughs) NYU fresh off the boat college (laughs) students. I will never do that again. I will never do that again. <laughs> so as soon as that came out, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You know, what What am I going to do? So that's when I started creating Give Me Mora. That's when I started working with my family in real estate to have an income. Right. And I hated the real estate job. I'm still working with them now, the Maradafar Group. They're amazing. And I'm helping my brother's loan company also um, on the side when, I, when my own business is slow still. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think... 
people expect to go out of college and like soar kind of like I did and then your reality hits you and you're like ah, absolutely not everyone needs like a day job or some kind of day job that's flexible. well especially out here like um, my it's expensive my goddaughter came out she just graduated from she's got a bachelor in fine arts you yeah. know and she's like oh yeah I'm gonna I want to get an Oscar in five years and I'm yeah, like good luck yeah <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm like oh my god you have you're gonna see you yeah. know so now now she yeah. sees the difference. But the whole industry is like up and down. So, you it's know, crazy. I when I launched Give Me Mora, I was really lucky. I had a lot of people. I had a lot of support. My numbers were really good the first year. The second year, my numbers were awful. And then it wasn't until the third year where I was like, I started taking hosting classes and I started like owning my craft, going in for auditions and really like trying to understand the right way to be a host and not be so spoiled that like I had all the success in college working for magazines and doing I had already interviewed so many amazing people by the time I had graduated college so I had an ego and to really humble yourself down and realize okay I might need to start over it's okay and by year three forgive me more I started making money and last That's year, awesome. And yeah. you have a lot of partnerships. I yeah, mean, we've had a lot of partnerships. Google, Revlon, Fox, Dr. Pepper, Walmart, Alta, the stars. list goes on. Yeah, stars. stars was my favorite partnership for sure. iHeartRadio has just been, yeah, it's girl, been amazing. You're, um, you're doing pretty damn Thank you. Good. But, you know, sometimes there's six months of no partnership. So there you go. Yeah. Well, you Don't know. Don't let that fool you. I had six months this year where I would like, I had a hit TV show. Um, that was like really doing well online and we didn't get renewed for another season. And I went from having a job and having partnership after partnership after partnership for eight year for eight months to nothing for six months. Yeah, but that keeps the fire burning. Oh man, I was it like, keeps no. the fire burning. <laughs> it does. I have a who right now do you feel because you do entertainment? Yeah, is the hot ticket. That's a really good question. I think. There's a lot of underrated people in this industry, and I think Megan Good is definitely someone who I've always felt has been underrated, just off the top of my head. Right. She's a great actress. Gabrielle Union also, I think, has been really underrated. And I think being Mary Jane, what Gabrielle Union did was, was so flawless, and it didn't get enough credit, and it didn't get enough notoriety, and so... For me, a lot of the women of color or ethnic women are just, it's not fair, you know? And I'm a Persian girl, so for me, I don't even see any Persian girls on TV, so that's not fair either. But I think with Gabrielle Union, who's had such great success with films and and everything you can name, but I think she's now finally starting to not be so overlooked, and I think she's going to be a hot ticket. She's amazing. She's it reminds me of Taraji P. Henson. Well, then she's somebody to look out for. Yeah, Taraji's just now thriving. I mean, look, everyone's known Taraji for so long, and she hit, got Empire, and she went mainstream. So I think that's what's going to happen to Gabrielle for sure. Yeah. Well, um, I want to play a little game with you. Okay. Before we do that, I want you to plug all your social media and where pe- people can find you. Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick, N-I-C-M-O-R-A-X-O. So I should read Nick Mora X-O. You can follow my blog at givememora.com. And you can follow us on Facebook, Facebook slash givememora. Well, you're going to want some more of Mora because she <laughs> is absolutely a delight. <laughs> Thank you. And I can't wait to... Uh, have you back in? I know. I can't wait to be back. This is so fun. I don't want to leave. <laughs> Can you just like cancel your next segment? I'm yeah, down. It's, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stay here. It's, it's like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to come and co-host one day. Yes. Yes. I would love that. 
Okay, Dana, uh, come on down, girl. So, Nick, we play a little game on this show. It's very, very silly, and there are no prizes, so you don't have to take it too seriously. But I really like to win. That's so annoying. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, honestly, if you like to win, then go for it. Uh, okay. You, you both have so an So do advantage. I. So it's a spirit of competition on, right bitch. now. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I love it already. So you both have a unique advantage. Nick, okay. we're going to read um, from your Twitter. The game is called Two Tweets and a Lie. Ooh, oh my God. Nick, we're going to learn a lot about you in this segment. So, I am really emo on Twitter. I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> oh, are you? I thought you were so funny. I oh, was thanks. Like, I actually think I'm pick. funny, but no one laughs. So. <laughs> oh, fine. I thought, please, please follow Nick on Twitter as well, because she is very funny. <laughs> Thank <and> you. <laughs> it's great. There's lots of, like, hot takes on The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great. Um, so you both have an advantage. You wrote all of these tweets okay. um, except for one. Okay. So I hope that other one was really funny. So I think it's me. Okay. <laughs> perfect. And then Elizabeth knows my sense of humor. Yeah. So, so I haven't read any of these. Okay. She hasn't read any of them, but you both can play along to figure out which one I wrote, okay. which one is the lie, and all which right. of the tweets are yours. All right. It's on, Nick. All right. Got you. So I'm going to read all three, and then after, you each have five seconds to guess which one you think is fake. All right. Let's do it. Round one. Michael B. Jordan is the finest guy I have laid eyes on tonight. He really is. Okay, hashtag J-Rod. I see you. Nick is turning red. <laughs> what does a girl to ha- have to do to meet at J-Lo around here? <laughs> Which one's the fake tweet? The second one. I say the second one too. The second one is fake, but I would okay. say that there have has been mention of hash or uh, yeah hashtag J Rod on there. It's but because not I'm one. just trying to be like J Rod, and when I saw J Lo, I cried, and I didn't know if it was because I was crying from the fact that I was just five feet away from her, or if I cried because of the film that she was in. <laughs> so I, I was very confused. Well, but you cried. Is but I did cry. cried, which is the important, which is the point of the story. story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you two are you're both competitive, and you're neck and neck right now, yeah. tied for <clears> one. <throat> All right, we're gonna go into round two. First tweet: I can't believe it, but I actually got enough sleep last night. Is this what well rested feels like? Second tweet: I just entered my eighth year working as a TV host. Let's hit him with the overnight success this year. <laughs> Third tweet. That's I've never had to seek revenge because I know karma is always a beautiful little bitch. (laughs) The first one, I think, is fake. I think it's the second one. Uh, She's right. She knows her tweets better than any (laughs) contestant we've had. It's lovely because I stalked myself back on Twitter to see if I was witty enough. (laughs) (laughs) Which apparently is the advantage in this game. She's winning, Elizabeth. Yes, that is the fake tweet. Yeah. You know why? Because I def- those other two were really memorable tweets. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Because karma is a little bitch, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the overnight success you wrote that one. Oh, I was like, I don't, I was like, I know I she's going to tweet remember. that. I might have to tweet that. I, th- I she writes like, the best yeah. tweets, too. It's like she doesn't tweet, but then she'll play you this game. You should open up and- a Twitter account. I actually just did. Yes. Yes. I just, I I only have one tweet and it's a retweet of, (laughs) of somebody else. And the only caption that I put was, 
I literally made a Twitter just so I could retweet this. I love that my Twitter feed is one tweet. Wait, I'm going to follow you <laughs> after this. This is the best morning of my life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, round three. You are, you're losing very, just so everybody's up to speed, Elizabeth is really losing. I right am now. really losing. You're only off my one. It's pissing me off. You're but, only... you know, I got to be generous to the guests. <laughs> Don't hold that, girl. I would love to lose this one. Okay. Okay, so this is round three. Okay. Why am I always right? (laughs) Second tweet. Fool me once, dot, dot. Third tweet. I'm like a human lie detector. (laughs) Which one is the fake tweet? The second one. Yeah, so I could totally hear. I've known Nick for probably all of 20 minutes right now, and I know that one in three is probably real. (laughs) Oh, they're real, and they were both tweeted 100% in caps. <laughs> She's and so shy. Great. Let me tell you something. I am always right, okay? Are <laughs> you a is... cap girl? Do you always write in caps? No, but oh, I... I'm an explanation point girl. I am... Always... <laughs> yes, she is. I am always right, and I literally bask in the joy when I am right and people think that I am wrong. That is the best part. And I will tell you, I told you so. I have no shame. (laughs) I love being right. And usually I am right. And people know that. Oh my God. It really, you know, I'm always right. That's so great. Also, you are the overall winner of this game not just of this season, but of all time. Yeah. No one has ever gotten all of these right. No. You are a yeah. reigning champion. Stalking myself really well. <laughs> You know, and people say, like, oh, Feeling what yourself, good could like, come from it? That was a good one. Wow, that was pretty as my Queen Beyonce says it. Flawless. <laughs> that was that was a flawless execution wow. of that game. Well, wow. thank you for being such a good sport. I hope and... nobody beats my record or I will come back and try to beat that. <laughs> Well, all right, you heard it here. She's coming back. If any anybody of our new guests yeah. remembers, stalk yourself on Twitter, guys. If you're coming on the show, I will make fun of you. <laughs> so, Nick, one more question before you leave. It's okay. a question I ask all my guests. Okay. If you could be left unsupervised with your celebrity crush, who would you bring and where would you go? Okay, so I have many celebrity crushes. And then every time I meet them, they're no longer my crushes. <laughs> so I haven't ma- met Chase Crawford yet from Gossip Girl. Right. I mean, he's obviously been in 55 million other things. But it's between Chase Crawford and Michael B. Jordan, as we can see from the tweet game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would love to be stuck on a random island with them, honestly, in the middle of nowhere with no cell reception so they cannot escape me. Oh my god. Well, like, I'm loving this answer. No way out. <laughs> Stalkerish style. No, no way out. Maybe like a cool like little villa with like a TV and Netflix. Oh, I like that. But like with a private chef, but no way out. Yeah. Like the doors got to be locked. Maybe like an episode of times. The Bachelor, you know, where they can't like leave. That sounds really good. I think I should be the bachelorette and I think that Chase and Michael should be um competing for me. Well, I love this. I love it. It's going to be really hard. It's going to be the most, as Chris Harrison says, it would be the most dramatic season yet. I I would watch that show. I mean, everyone's been trying to get me on The Bachelor for like for the last seven years. And if it wasn't for my poor like Persian Jewish dad who like would have lifetime embarrassment, I would have done it. 
I am reality TV gold, and everyone knows it. I'm just I'm scared of my parents. Well, there you. <laughs> I don't blame you. They're like Latins. Like yeah, I'm scared exactly. of my parents too. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming, girl. Thank and, you so much for uh, having me. I wish me. you the best of luck, thank and you. I can't wait to see more of you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.